Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. With me is my co-host, a man who can literally teach sales with one hand tied behind his back, Darren Cecil. Darren, what are we going to discuss today? Hey, you remembered that I was here. We miss Darren, but I'm glad I'm here, Dave. How are you? I'm great. But remember, they're not actually, they're going to hear me saying, okay, Darren, what are we talking about today? Because that's in the intro. So that's, but that's okay. It's all good. Oh, I see. That was just my lead in. That was your lead in, right. Are you going to say, okay, and that time? Are you going to actually say, okay, Darren? All of this is going right now. So they're going to hear everything we're talking about right they're now. They're hearing this right now? now? I'm not cutting that thing. Y- you can't edit me out? Why would I want to edit you out? How many? How much time do you have for reasons? <laughs> <laughs> I even forgot what we were talking about. I'm having so much fun. I think we were going to talk today about um, role models. Right. I'm not being a great role model for a stand-in guest. Darren's going to come back quickly because he's going to be like, uh, Dave, it's getting out of hand. That lady with the mohawk, she needs to be controlled. Well, but yeah, you, no, role modeling, such an important piece. I, I've been meaning <laughs> to talk to you about that, by the way. Those sides looking a little shaggy there. I don't, I'm not seeing mohawk anymore. I just got it cut. I was playing on my VR headset today. I've been working out with Supernatural in this virtual reality world because I'm trying to role model good health and fitness. Um, And uh, so it kind of smashes my hair. Do do you have a Quest? I have an Oculus, yeah. An Oculus Quest, yeah. Because I was going to get one. I I love it. It's so fun. All right. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk about this offline. (laughs) So we were just role modeling... um, Killing time and not being effective. <laughs> We're good at that, Dave. Well, <laughs> good thing nobody's paying us for this. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so why, how, how does role modeling, right? I mean, a salesperson shows up at somebody's tour, they're nobody's role model, right? Your, your boss, they're not your role model, are they? You know, one of the things I talk about when I talk about leadership is you can be a leader from any chair. And that means whether you're the janitor, the CEO, or the vendor coming in to make a sales call, you can be a leader from any chair. And to be a leader in the sales process is super important. And so people are watching. They're watching what you're doing. They're watching how you react to things. And um, sometimes they're making decisions on how they're going to respond based on what you do. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, it's the little things too. Most people think it's the big things. The little things don't matter. The little things matter more than anything. Mm, yeah. We talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, building the emotional bank account and it's those little things. It's not the big brave heart speech that you make that brings people to tears. You know, it's, it's the, it's the little things you do all the time, every day, you know, that's the big stuff. Yeah. Have, have you ever called somebody and you got their voicemail and it sounds something like, hi, this is Dave. And I'm going to be out of the office until uh, July 25th. And it's August 18th. <laughs> I don't want to buy from that person. They're going to get my order wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what kind of attention to detail is that? Right. 
Right. Or, or have you ever gotten an email where they spell your name wrong? They call you Don instead of Dave. Well, I got a funny story about calling me Don here. I'm not sure if I'm going to share it here, but if uh, you catch me offline, it, it, it has to do with my ink. Oh, ink. And um, yeah, so catch me offline about that. Um, but I get, you know, Berg, B-U-R-G all the time. Mm-hmm. Or I get mail to, let me see if I can lock Ed <laughs> on leadership. <laughs> what? Somehow United has me. My middle initial is S. And somehow United thinks my name is Annis which comes out anus when they call me on the overhead, which is not cool when the whole gate is there. And I've gotten emails, well, because I have two first names, right? Anne, Bonnie, hey, Bonnie. And they spell it like the first name, which isn't even how you spell my last name. Like you're spelling it wrong and calling me the wrong thing. I'm out. We're well, not friends should, anymore. You should just cut their throat out. Seriously, but right. like you said, like I don't, A, you don't care about me and what my name actually is. And the name is the most sweet sounding word in anybody's language is your own name. Yeah. People have a lot of pride in that. You mess it up and they don't want to have anything to do with you. Yeah. We, we, well, we did a whole podcast on how to remember people's names. That's how important it is. Yeah. Because it re- really is Bonnie. I mean, Bonnie, no. I mean, <laughs> at least you didn't put an R on the end, but yeah, I mean, but you role model the things you want to do. So I always make sure on these little attention to detail things that I get frustrated with when people mess them up, that I'm really making sure that I'm doing it the way I want to see it. Absolutely. It's one of the reasons I ask people how they prefer to be called. Ah, yes. You know, yeah. I, I got a, a hockey coach who calls me Davey. Now, it doesn't tick me off or anything, but... You know, in my world, I'm, I'm okay. Trigger warning, trigger warning. Right, I, right, right. When you add E to the end of the name, it's like saying you're five. Mm-hmm. You know? right. Mikey, Annie, mm-hmm. Davey, Johnny, right? Adults, most adults don't do it. Every now and then you run into one and they tend to act like they're five. Yeah. Or they're from Boston, but that's a whole different podcast. Well, then they usually put an R where it doesn't belong. <laughs> that too. <laughs> like like yeah. Darren does all the time. Darren's from Boston. Oh, there you go. Yeah. He's also a Bruins fan, believe it mm. or not. Yeah, I know. Mm. Everybody has faults. They do. They do. <laughs> so what are the sort of things that leaders, salespeople can be role modeling or avoid role modeling? Responsiveness is the first thing that comes to my head. Um, as, we're, as we're asking for things from our clients, as we're asking for you know, numbers and sales and information and all that stuff, responsiveness is huge. And us role modeling how we respond uh, says, you know, here's what I'd like. And they tend to hope, hopefully fall into place. Absolutely. You know, it's years ago and... I, I can legitimately say decades ago, in one of my early sales jobs, I had a prospect uh, actually became, became a customer. He was uh, in real estate. And uh, one of the things he taught me was that in emails, when you're somebody says, hey, can you 
follow up next week or whatever. As you requested, blah, 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 blah. Remind them that they asked you to do that and let them know that you're being responsive to their needs. Ah, yeah. I still do that to this day. You know, I have follow-ups, you know, in, in speaking, as you know, because you, you also are a world-class speaker. Um, anybody who's listening knows that. And <laughs> Just means I talk a lot. <laughs> but, you know, the, there are times when it's like, okay, not this year. And the beauty, what I love about the business, of course, is there's always next year, you know, and next year, Jerusalem, as, as, as we say, you know, Jewish faith. But, um, uh, and when I go, or they'll say, yeah, I'm going to start planning in October. Give me a call in October. Mm-hmm. So in October, when I make that phone call, I'll say, as we discussed, I'm getting back to you. Yep. So we want to remind them that this was our agreed upon. I'm doing what's agreed upon. And I have people all the time saying to me, you are so good at follow-up. You are mm-hmm. so good at follow-up. You know, and that's, and that's another place where we want to role model is in that follow-up, not only the responsiveness, but in following up and, you know, and it's almost holding people accountable for the conversation they told you they would have with you. Right. That, mm-hmm. that, that's exactly it. And they know my, my clients know, and I'm sure yours do too, for similar reasons, but my clients know if I say, I'm going to do something that's going to get done. Mm-hmm. And that's what your, your, People you're selling to want to know. They want to know you're going to deliver on your promises because we've talked about this. Transactional sales is manipulative and yucky. If they trust you and they know you're going to follow through, that's huge in a sales relationship. Absolutely. You know, there's another area too. I see this all the time and I want to to move this over to leadership house. I'm curious Mm -hmm. your take on this, which is the manager who disappears. Now, or the owner, let's even put it on the owner. Where it's like, hey, where's John? I need to ask John a question. Oh, oh, he took off for the rest of the day. Oh, I wish he had told me. That's the open door policy with the closed door. (laughs) Yeah, it's exactly. You can open my door to come in. No one will be there, but you're welcome to open my door. Thanks for coming. But, you know, what I have found is that those managers are usually the ones who complain most about the no call, no shows. Right. About their people not doing the work, not getting the deadlines, not coming in, and they're not showing up for their team. Right. And why is it? Because that's what they're being shown by their managers. That's what they're seeing. Yep. They don't feel like you care. They don't feel like it matters. And they don't have pride in the work because you're not showing it. Yeah, I actually worked with a guy who was a minority. He was an owner of the business, but a minority owner. And they'd have big deadlines and, and, and the majority owner was responsible for production. And the I'm, I'm going off and play, playing golf. <clears throat> what? You know? mm-hmm. And if you don't care about your business that much, why would your employees? They're going to get paid their hourly rate one way or the other. And if you don't care, how are they going to go the extra mile? Yeah, especially if you own the business and they're watching you disappear to play golf, they're like, oh, fun. Yeah. yeah. But even if you're a manager, mm-hmm. it's the same thing because you're getting paid, in their mind, the big bucks. Mm-hmm. And relative to them, I'm sure you are. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. And-, it, and I always say that you've got to show up. If your team is, ha- if you're asking them to come in on weekends, stay late, you're asking them to do stuff, you better be there with your sleeves rolled up right alongside them because you'll have a mutiny on your hands. 
Yeah, I remember uh, priority moving early on. We had um, a bullpen area. We the owner had bought a bunch of um, uh, cubicles from a bank that was closing there. You know, so it was like twenty dollars for like fifty cubicles or something ridiculous like that. And they were all in storage except for the four or five that were set up when I got there. And we were expanding, and I wanted to rearrange the the, the bullpen area because people were treating it poorly. And so I had my guys stay late because, you know, we do our own furniture setup to do that. And I stayed with them. Right. I didn't get paid to stay with them, right. but I'm not going to ask them to spend, you know, work. They just worked all day moving people and then stayed till midnight, you know, which is what we want in the morning to, to get it all done. You know, unless I was there, I couldn't really help them with the setup because I don't know how to set up the cubes, but I can be there. I can buy pizza for them and I can do those things I needed to do. Wipe their brows. Yeah, didn't do. Well, I, <laughs> I don't do that for each other. Um, and, well, and that brings up another point of of what you should be role modeling, and it's respect. You know, because that's just basic respect. I'm not going to ask my team to do something I'm not willing to do myself. Yeah, and that's funny. Respect is also. I don't care whether they were they are respecting you or not. You respect them. Same with your clients. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we've all had we've all had those nightmare clients that you you like you walk out of there and you're like, oh my god! You envision all the things you want to do. Yeah, hopefully it stays there, but, yeah, but right. you treat them with respect. Even if you're firing them, you fire them with respect. I want to go to bed every night knowing, you know what? Today didn't go well, but I did the best I could. I represented myself well, and that's a that's tough from an emotional intelligence standpoint. That's hard especially when somebody's treating you like crap. Yes. And it's also incredibly rewarding when you do it. Heck yes. When you can go, you know what? I wanted to reach down their gullet, (laughs) rip their intestines out, feed them through their nose. Right. And instead I, I was the bigger person. That's actually really, really powerful. And yeah, especially when somebody's used to being like, fought back to and you answer with respect it's it's they're like what it's super disarming speaking of disarming well that's funny i i learned that lesson as a 14 year old right when i was at that age where young boys and moms uh, are like oil and water mm. and the louder my mom got the softer i got Ooh, drive her nuts Yeah, it's disarming. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah. So that respect thing is huge. Yeah. All right. So what other things can we be modeling? We've, we've talked about um, doing what you said you were going to do. We've talked about uh, using names properly. Mm-hmm. Respect. We've talked, respect. We've talked about showing up or, or not or, or disappearing. Mm-hmm. Perspective is another one that popped into my head. What do you, you mean know, by that? Well, when, when you're in a client situation and something goes terribly wrong, or you're in a leadership position and something goes terribly wrong, freaking out and losing your perspective on the situation doesn't help it. Um, and it's something that people often do. They freak out, they get emotional, they overreact, they get reactive rather than stopping strategizing and moving forward in a strategic way. Um, so I think maintaining perspective is a great thing to role model, um, especially as a leader. Absolutely. The, the challenge there is I most, 
I've seen that very few people have the critical thinking skills necessary to do that. And because under stress, it's even more difficult. Mm-hmm. Well, and it goes right back to the whole respect in the face of disrespect situation. It's, it's hard. Yeah. So how do you inculcate that in yourself? How do you develop those, that ability to, to, to take that step back perspective? That's what you're talking about. It's really taking a step back, taking a breath, being present, mm-hmm. right? Stop thinking about the future. Stop thinking about everything that's going to happen as a result of whatever it is that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. What do you recommend to people? One of the questions I ask myself is, what do I have control of? What can I do? So often when we have a, a, a negative situation from a sales perspective, maybe it's a back order or it's the wrong thing was sent or whatever, um, we worry about what we've lost. We worry about what's wrong and we don't think, all right, what can I do? What action can I take to be solution focused right now and move this towards a better place? Yeah, absolutely. We can't, we can't control what happens to us. We can only control how we react to it. That's, uh, that's not my wise words. That's somebody's wise words. Um, And I think, I think they were thinking of how we react to it mentally, which is totally the case. It's the first step, but then also how do we react behaviorally? Yeah. Another thing that I like to think about too, and and I'll I'll be frank here, folks. um, And I'm much better at it today than I was 10 years ago, but what does the person I'm talking to have control over? I, I really don't bite the heads off customer service reps who don't make policy anymore. Mm. You know, um, I, I might go, I might tee off on an owner who uh, I have teed off on owners who can make things happen. But when I'm talking to somebody who is just doing their job as, as they've been told to do it, there's no value and going off on that person. You're not going to gain anything. Yeah. And, and that goes back to the respect piece as well. And when we treat somebody with respect, especially in somebody in a role like that, and we have that perspective to say, wow, okay, they, I'm really frustrated right now, but this person is not the person that I need to, to unload on. They're actually more likely to help you than if you yell really loud because they, um, they, they know you're taking their position into account. Yeah. And, and I've, and I've said that it's like, look, I know it's not your fault and it's okay to show you're upset. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would, I would, I would encourage you to acknowledge that you're upset, not just to yourself, but out loud. Look, I'm, I'm really upset here. I know it's not your fault. You have no control over this. Help me. Mm-hmm. What can we do? Yeah. And I love that language too, Dave. What can we do? Meaning we're in this together. How can you help me? Not what are you going to do? Not how are you going to fix this? But what can we do? Yeah. And uh, 10 years ago was, what are you going to do for me? Mm-hmm. 10 years ago was, what are you going to do for me? And what have you done for me lately? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I... dance break. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I think you should also role model humor and the opportunity to take a dance break when the time comes. You, you only say that because you haven't seen me dance. I say it because I haven't seen you dance and I can't wait. Well, you're going to have to a long, <laughs> long time. Oh, well. Oh, well. You mean All you're right. not role modeling your great dancing? <laughs> well, in order to role model great dancing, there's a requisite that I don't have. 
You have to be a great dancer. Mm, There's that. Not think you're a great dancer, which I do, (laughs) but I've been told by other people, my wife, that that's absolutely not the case. (laughs) And this is role modeling discernment and saying, I know my strengths and I know what I'm not good at, which, you know, brings up another important thing to role model, which is being humble, understanding your strengths, understanding what you're not good at. All right. Well, I, I guess I'm not good at being humble. Um, I thought you were humble. Great. Right then. <laughs> you didn't make me watch you dance. That's out of respect for you. <laughs> my eyes, Your my eyes. eyes. Oh. It burns. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else you want to add to this uh, illuminating conversation? <laughs> the last thing I would add is um, being, I don't know if being solution focused is, is, um, is the, what I'm being solution focused, being innovative, thinking about things and, and, and role modeling thoughtful consideration. You know, I think that's a really valid point. Growing up, my dad was one of my role models and we would play games and, you know, board games or card games or any kind of games. He was always thoughtful about, you know, his strategy or tactic during the game, you know, and we used to play cribbage or we would play pinochle or there was, he was very, very cerebral about his approach and that rubbed off on me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so you're absolutely right. And again, I think what I would say folks is think about all the things you complain about. And I'm not, some of you probably don't complain about a lot, but if you are complaining about something one of your team members is doing or one of your prospects is doing. It's a really good opportunity to be self-reflective and say, how does this show up in my life? Because chances are it does. And Mm -hmm. chances are it's an area that is, has room for improvement. Mm -hmm. An opportunity for strengthening. Yes. Yeah. Uh, What what is it uh, to strengthen our intentions? Yes. Yeah. And to be strategic about it. You know, it's so easy. I I say this about my own retreats, Dave, that so often we're like a mouse in a maze and we live our lives just running into the wall and turning and running into the wall and turning. And sometimes the right decision is to climb up the damn wall and make your own path. And that requires a level of comfort with thinking (laughs) and thinking about how else can we do this? How else can we solve this? And, and when we role model that, the people around us get a lot more creative. They feel that permission and you come up with such better solutions. I would add one thing that I absolutely agree with everything you said. Get creative in how you distill things down to their basics. Mm. So many people overcomplicate things when really <laughs> the problem is just one tiny little thing, right? And everything else is noise. And if you could distill it down to the least common denominator and you can model doing that way of thinking other people will start to do that as well. And when stuff isn't as complicated, it's a lot easier to come up with solutions. All of a sudden, Mm -hmm. the right lever, where you put that energy and effort becomes really obvious. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to execute too on the other side. Yeah. When there's fewer moving parts. Absolutely. So it probably, that's one of those situations where you've got two ends of the spectrum. Are you not thinking enough and just going with the old way or are you overthinking it and making it super complicated and finding that middle ground, that, that moderation is something humans aren't good at. 
Right. And it's like everything else. It, it just, it's a skill and you can just, just start working on it. You know, starts with self-awareness, self-awareness and ask your peeps, by the way, you know, we, we talked about this in a, a, a earlier podcast, I believe it was, we were talking about, you know, we talked about delegation. We said, you know, when, how long will it take you and ask them. And, and it's always a great idea, but don't be afraid to say, am I overthinking this? Yes. And that's the humble, right? Saying I may be overthinking this straighten me out. If, if you think that's what's going on, because they may be thinking that they may be like, there he goes again. You know, if you invite it with the question, now we have a conversation. Yeah. And, and I realize we're talking about role model modeling here and role modeling. And I think I'm going to leave with this. Whenever I've had a challenge at work, I've never thought I need to come up with a solution. No, it doesn't mean I didn't like, oh, we have a problem. Uh, you know, uh, we're, we keep reordering things before we're out of it or, you know, because we have hidden things that aren't put away. And I might go, okay, here's, here's a solution in my mind. I might go, here's how I think I want to handle this. But I would never just present that. I would always present the problem and say, folks, how do we solve this? Right. It's a little bit like when we talked about delegation. It's on a, yes. it's on a smaller scale, mm-hmm. right? But the solution sometimes that people come up with are much better than whatever I was thinking. Yeah. I had a podcast guest and I'm trying to remember who it was. I feel like it was Lisa Faye, but she said people are more bought into things they help create. That's exactly right. Yeah. And even if they don't come up with a solution at all, like they're going like, you know, you paint it red, paint it blue, paint it green. And you're like, no, we're not painting anything. Right. Yeah. Right. The at least they not, had a voice. Painting's not right. They had a voice. Mm-hmm. And when you explain to them why painting's not an option, and then here's what you recommend. And by the way, even with that, I go, here's what I recommend. What's wrong with doing it this way. Mm-hmm. Like poke holes at it, mm-hmm. get them engaged in that process. Yep. Yep. The more, more engaged they are, the more bought in they're going to be, the better results you're going to get. It's, it's a win all the way around. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, why don't we model punctuality here? I think that's a great thing to role model. So uh, we'll wrap this up and uh, we'll look forward to having you for the next hope. Uh, don't take this the wrong way. Right. But hopefully for only a couple more weeks and then we'll get Darren back in the saddle, but it's, it's great having you fill in. Absolutely. It's great to be here. And I look forward to Darren taking his chair back. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Dave. See you next week. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. My name's Dave Rosenberg. And this is Darren Cecil. Visit our websites at LockedOnLeadership.com or DarrenCecil.com. Follow us on social media. You can find the links in the show notes. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them.